0: The Art of Relationships Radio Show is copyrighted and protected. No use in any form, partial or in full, is to be used without informed written consent from the Art of Relationships Radio Show, the Art of Relationships PLLC, or myself, Greg Dazinski. Thank you.
1: Licensed Relationship and Sex Counselor, Greg Dazinski, also known as Master G., The art of relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format. Plus, applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.
0: Welcome, everybody, to the Art of Relationships Radio Show. This is uh, Greg Tuzinski, uh also known as Master G. Uh, again, this is the Art of Relationships Radio Show. You can give me a shout. Give me a call at 586-840-8608. And you can, as always, join me on uh, the live chat, too. And I'll try to coordinate, see how coordinated I am doing two things at once, if possible. Um, tonight's... uh episode or show is going to center on um, self-destructive uh, teen and adult behaviors, but I'm going to probably key in more on teen behavior. As we know, August is uh, around the corner at the end of this week. Uh, Friday, I believe, is August 1st. Right around the corner as teens, kids go back to school, right? Yes, I specialize in relationships, sexual issues, as everybody knows, but I also work with and have been for, God... Forever, I think, too, along with relationships. I work with teens as well. Um, with teens going back in school, it uh, there's going to be a lot of challenges coming up. This one's going to be on self-destructive uh, behaviors with teens and try to get rid of some myths. Um, the textbook adage and stereotypes and the popping pill, if you will, the pill popping uh, medical quick cures that often don't work and could also uh create more problems and challenges for the family. Um self uh destructive teen behaviors, man. We we can go all overboard. Um I'm gonna hit on a couple things. Uh first identifying problems, right? Well no self destructive behaviors. We all know teens, we were teens before we done uh you know, we did done whatever you want to call it, some stupid shit. Um getting grounded, maybe suspended for fighting in school. Uh, it could be a lot of stuff. You know, it's uh, trying to reach uh, independence from our parent or parents, grandparents whoever raised us, uh, thinking we all know this. Most of us have been there. But I want to help you try to identify some problems with your kids, uh, with your teens, and hopefully you can help them. Um, the bad thing is when there's severe juvenile delinquent behavior, and the ramifications i 'm going to be honest with you, there is some help out there, but there is not a significant amount of help as far as maybe uh, school or therapeutic i I like calling them also you know therapeutic alternative schools um, or even boarding schools if necessary at severe levels, and a couple military schools uh, I know in Michigan here, Battle Creek, and there's a few other ones. Um, Alternative Therapeutic Schools, Mount Calm School, it's for co-ed for boys and girls in Albion, Michigan area. I believe it's still owned and operated by Star Star Commonwealth here, which is uh, widely uh, known here in Michigan. And there's also a huge, uh, a huge, very, very good uh, program, a camp type program. But the kids are there almost for a year uh, or school year out in Utah and uh it's gotten some rave rave reviews i know some parents have unfortunately had to have their teens uh go out to utah <clears throat> for a school year but it, it's done wonders um so there there's limited resources i'm going to be honest and a lot of them are not cheap hopefully you know you can get the state behind you and they will pay you know for these services okay sometimes insurance companies will but Usually they want to hit on a medical issue. So state funding, grant money, you want to check on these. But these are maybe a worst case scenarios uh, when when nothing else matters, right? So what are signs of maybe self-destructive teen attitudes? And a lot of parents, they don't know maybe the signs, or let's be honest, they might be afraid to even notice the signs, it, the old scenario about being in denial, my kid won't ever do this. I've raised him right, raised her right. Uh there's no way you know they could be doing such you know destructive behavior. Destructive behavior could mean when I mention about self-destructive, this is to themselves. Also I want to hit on it's also to other people, you know, it could be bullying other kids, picking on them, getting into the fights with them, uh beating them up uh for no reason. Numerous teens, unfortunately, uh, some area schools here they'll walk from school and they'll get jumped by four or five other boys and girls. Man, <laughs> these girls are teenage girls can be wicked and heartless too. Uh, teenage girls will jump uh, other girls as well. So it's not just the boys, these girls, whatever it is, uh, what's going on, tend to be vicious and violent and you know, a lot of fighting biting, hair, you name it, and they, they get vicious, so it's not just the boys, but I want to look at, you know, what's going on, not only if your kid, you know, maybe might be a victim of these altercations, but also if they're the ones doing them, and what you can do, you might not even uh, believe your kid could do such a thing, or would do such a thing, or even thinking about it, um, big thing is, you know, when there's, Adolescent or teenage behavioral symptoms, if you will, self-destructive symptoms. Everybody's heard of, and, it, and this has been around for a long time, it's, you know, cutting. Everybody's heard of that, right? Where they'll, they'll take bottle caps, you name it. Bottle caps, pens, pencils, paper clips, um, the ends of paper clip, you name it. Needles, razor blades. Uh, Razors from the shower, you know, you shave your legs or, you know, the guy shaving uh, their face, whatever, they'll use the razors and they'll cut themselves, right? It's a way of releasing a lot of uh, pent-up, if you will, self-pain. A lot of times they don't want to take it out on other people and they will do this. It's a quick release of the emotions that takes the emotional pain away and focuses on the physical, if you will. Uh, A lot of problems, and I hate this, because so many professionals out there have no clue. And as soon as somebody, you know, say, goes to seek help, that is the old adage is a cutter or an individual or a teen that cuts, they're automatically assuming they're, you know, they have a personality disorder, right? Usually they're going to diagnose them as borderline personality disorder, or bipolar, which I think is a bunch of shit. Um, I think there's a lot of times too many professionals try to overdo the diagnostic uh, pendulums, if you will, diagnostic labels, and unjustly so just for their own uh, ego trip and boosting their own ego up. Okay, so not all kids that cut. Another self-mutilation, these are self-mutilation, you know, behaviors, you know, the cutting. It could be, you know, pulling out their eyebrows. And that's different than trichotillomania, which is sort of has to do with OCD and anxiety. This is different where they'll, you know, pull hair out because it's it's an instant release. Or they'll pull hair out of maybe their arm or leg or whatever. But and there's also the cutting, the hair pulling. A uh, big thing to a lot of people is the burning, You know, they'll get, you know, whatever, lighters, matches. Um, We all have maybe laying around the house. I don't want to panic anybody, but, you know, the automatic lighters, we might light candles, right? I forget what the heck they're called, but I'll just call them lighters. Um, Or maybe gas stoves. They'll burn themselves on electric stoves. They'll do stuff, even hot water. These are all self-mutilating behaviors and these would be definitely identifiers of self behav uh self-destructed, you know, teenage behaviors. And how can you identify these? A lot of times though you know, they'll hide in the winter, you know, it's a lot of things you'll never realize 'cause, you know, it's winter out well, at least in the northern states here in Michigan. Um, you know, we freeze our butts off and, you know, all over the place in the northern states. You know Wisconsin, the uh, Midwest, you name it, you know the Dakotas, Minnesota, New York, Ohio, northern parts of Ohio, definitely in the New England states too in the winter we we dress warm, right we have long sleeve shirts and all this stuff, long pants, whatever, and it's very, very difficult to see these on on the teens, okay but these people they tend to cover it very well. They will, you know, in the summer or spring, they might still be wearing, you know, you won't see them in shorts that often. Or if they do, they're longer shorts because they'll cut maybe up higher on the thigh towards the crotch region uh, where they can hide them easier with shorts. They also might cut underneath the arm right by the armpit location. Uh, they might also maybe on the side by their armpit location too, that way when they walk or move whatever their arm naturally hangs, and it's covering these the spots that they cut i've heard this many times people oh don't cutters aren't people that cut they want attention, not necessarily that is I think that is a myth. There are some kids out there that do that for attention, whatever because it's the end thing to do or whatever. Most kids, I'm probably going to say 95% of the kids to 98% of the kids I've been associated with either in my office or so forth, um, it's because there are a lot of emotional pain, depression, they don't want to take it out on other people, Um, they're afraid to hurt other people so they take it out on themselves. So that, you know, I want, I want you to hit on that. And that's, you know, a lot of myth I hear other, you know, from teachers. Oh, you know, they want attention or other parents that have no clue what they're talking about. There are some that do that. Yes, but th- that's minute. Most of them do it because it's definitely, they don't show it off. They don't, uh, they want to hide it. They want to conceal it. It's that old, you know, that's my own dirty little secret, if you will. Okay. So, you know those are issues and how do you go about finding those type of things right how, how do you start finding uh these issues and it, it, it's very hard especially with teenagers right you, you know when they're babies uh, toddlers you give them baths you can see right but teenagers you don't so you might not even know so some identifiers you might see more depressed states more sad more moody Because they're sad moodies, we all know teenagers, right? There's a difference between the normal, if you will, normal teenage moodiness, behavior, mood swings, between the norm and self-destructive behaviors. Now, when you're seeing depression aspects, right, they might seem very, they might seem even moping around the old stereotype, but also a lot of teenage depression comes out in anger. You know, they're more anger. They got a chip on their shoulder, Um, no matter what, you know, it could be a beautiful day out and they think it sucks, it's shitty. Uh, It's more in depth of a depression aspect. Okay. One part of a depression aspect also that people don't recognize with anger. They're just, you know, they're a brat they're mean or whatever. That could be a sign of teenage depression or even childhood depression. A lot of people, even professionals don't realize. So. You know, look at depression, energy, low energy, they have a hard time getting their butt out of bed. I mean, we all do as adults, but this is on a severe, you know, severe scale, right? It's not once in a while. We all have that where we're, you know, once in a while, this is almost, it's a frequent thing almost every day. Um, you know, they're making attempts not to go to school, Um know all those aspects they're trying to distance themselves maybe even from family activities okay another sign is slipping grades everybody everybody knows me you know i'm not all kids get straight a's bs you know some kids do work their butt off that's great for them but let's face it not every teen not every kid um, will get straight A's. I definitely in high school, middle school, there was no way I was getting straight A's either. That doesn't make them dumb, stupid. It's just whatever. So, you know, if they do the best they can. But you know, if they're going from say an A B student all of a sudden they're getting C's and D's, it's there's got to be something going on. Typically, now one big thing a lot of parents don't understand. You know, say they go from you know middle school, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. You know they're getting A's and B's. All of a sudden they jump to ninth grade, first year of high school, right? For most, and they're they're starting to get instead of A's and B's. They're getting B's and C's. That could be a very normal thing. Okay, that's not a drastic. When you're getting A's and B's, and all of a sudden you're starting to get, you know, B's and C's, whatever. That's not so drastic. Ninth grade is a huge transition for the kids. The work might be more advanced. From eighth grade, you think one year isn't that big of a deal, but going from eighth to ninth grade, it's huge. You know, adjustment. Uh they might be in school with you know, you have ninth now, you have ninth, tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders together. Some area schools here in Michigan they have what they call ninth grade centers or ninth grade pods, if you will, where it's just you know, all ninth graders are in one area of the school or even a separate building, which is a very cool transition. However, many schools, smaller schools, they don't have the funds. They don't do that. So it's a big adjustment. Um, so senior grades go from A, B's to B, C's. It's a very common thing going into the ninth grade parents, okay? But if you start seeing A's and B's and all of a sudden you're going to C's and D's, um, the big complaint all no math. And the way they teach math, I, I'm not even going to get into that. It's a huge deal. So... Uh, or I, I should say, you know, the way they teach math, a lot of ninth graders, um, they suffer with their math scores, math grades, so, but outside of math, you know, look at all their other grades, you know, if they're going, if they're starting to get C's and D's and they're an A, B student, you know, look at what's going on, you know, if they're, they're trying to fit in, they're trying to do all this aspect too, okay? Another sign is significant weight loss, Okay. A significant weight loss, you're looking at um, possible, I don't want to, you know, it could be from an eating disorder, uh, you know, bulimia, anorexia. These are all self-destructive team behaviors as well. They could be, I hate to say it, but drugs. All over the country, I want parents to be alert and aware. I don't want to freak you out or spook you. I want you to be aware and be knowledgeable. Heroin is huge, all over. I, I don't care what state you're in. It. it I don't care. You know. It, it could be parochial schools and parents. I. I crack up because they say, "Oh, they're in parochial schools. They never do that." Bullshit. It's out there. It's in parochial schools. It's in upper, upper class white area schools uh from the low you know low economic status schools, urban schools, heroin is huge in these teenagers, and it's a very, very scary thing so you know drug use creates weight loss, everything else so if there's significant weight loss, look at something else that is you know that's going it could be a drug you know it could be a drug aspect. And also another thing, if they all of a sudden they're say a decent, you know, whatever, decent s- student, you know, maybe not all popular, or whatever. Maybe if they are never get in trouble in school, and all of a sudden you see them start getting suspended, start getting detentions, you're you're starting to see them um, skipping school a lot. These are all signs that something else is going on, and leads to you know self-destructive. Uh, Actions and behaviors when they start doing this stuff, and i'm all I'm a proponent of getting these teens help um very soon and they're like I said there's a difference between normal teenage acting out you know mood swings behavior aspects, but you look at um these are you know severe you know they're not little differences in moods and everything these are talking about out of the ordinary out of the kids out of the teens characters okay so hit on those you're looking at you know getting in trouble with laws they could be busted for vandalism right they might be getting in fights at school um like i I mentioned about skipping school these are all you know signs of depression the grades being quite a bit lower weight loss and also maybe getting in trouble with laws right you know they got caught shoplifting they got caught um Without, you know, maybe not just once shoplifting, they made a bonehead decision, but maybe it's once twice, you know, it's not once, it's two, three, four times, and you're looking at what, you know, what the hell is going on. So, these are all aspects of, you know, maybe negative unhealthy behavior, self-destructive acts that teens get themselves into, but I want to look at maybe why, okay, and the most important thing is avenues to try to help your teen without coming across as a over, uh, authori- you know, authoritarian parent that is going to bash whatever, um, and the kids are going to tune you out, and it's not going to work. So I'm going to take a first break. Ooh, it's 8:20 already. Welcome to the Art of Relationships Radio Show, and today's show is sponsored by Gus's Coney Island, Downtown Mount Clements on Main Street. Stop in, say hello. Very friendly atmosphere. Good food. Across from the Macomb County uh, Court Buildings on Main Street, Mount Clemens. Gus's Coney Island opens seven days a week. Tell them I said hello. Check out PPRNlive.com. They have shows every Tuesday, Wednesday evening from 7 to 10 p.m. You want some hilarious hosts, hilarious guests, plus upcoming new stars of the band Future? Check out PPRNlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. She has uh, hand-painted, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shea on Facebook. You're my. The art of relationships radio show. This is uh your host, licensed uh, professional counselor, state of Michigan, Greg Dzinski, also known according to PPRN as uh Master G. Um, talking about self-destructive teenage behavior. And it's it's a very uh very uh scary thing uh that can happen. And you know, we try to raise our kids to be independent, to be responsible, right? But also uh sometimes their emotions get the best of them. Um so I wanna, you know, try to give some pointers also. And unfortunately there was um a family that just uh recently actually the other night, uh, it was Friday night, they lost their sixteen year old girl. Uh she happened to run a red light. And she didn't have her seatbelt on, and ended up uh, passing away. She went through the windshield. So you know, talk about self-destructive behaviors. Not that that was intentional, but you know, even even driving, um, there's some things you know you got to pay attention to, and you know, try to get at your teen about being safe. You know, seatbelt and all this stuff. And hopefully, tragic uh, situations might not be as tragic. But you know, some we could tell our teens, left and right, to be safe, to be, you know, whatever, and all we can do is trust them. We can't put them in a, you know, put them in that plastic bubble, if you will, their whole life. That's not good for you, and it's definitely not good for them, and I know so many parents are so overprotective about their kids, and the parents that are so overprotective or maybe controlling every single move they do. Um, you know, they have 18 year olds that might still have a curfew to be home at, you know, 11. They, you know, they're graduated high school. Uh, they pick and choose their friends. You know what? That creates more anxiety, creates more, um, self-esteem issues, huge. So I'd never advocate that. Um, you know, unless, you know, unless there's cognitive impairment, emotional impairment, you know, something organic going on. But, um, number one thing, you know, I tell teens and it's, or tell teens, tell parents of teens and kids in general. Number one thing is try to keep, you know, being able to talk to them. Keep the lines of communication open at all times. Now, how do you do that, right? A lot of parents, I get this all the, you know, get parents and teens in my office a lot, and oh my God, I I yell, scream, they don't ever listen. You know, I tell them what to do, yell and scream. I said, well, it took you what a couple years to learn that. As soon as you open your mouth, they're Tuning you out. Why? The kids. You're not learning from your teen. You know. Why are they tuning you out? Are you always yelling. Criticizing. Are you always. uh, Nagging on them. And we know teenagers. Right. To get laxadaisy. Unmotivated. Lazy. If you will. Not all teens. There's a lot of great teens out there too. But. A lot of teens have self esteem issues. Of course. You know. Fitting in. Uh, popularity contests, the clicks at school, and the pressures at home. You know, a lot of teens, I get, you know, they don't want to disappoint mom. They don't want to disappoint dad or, you know, whoever's raising them. And what happens is that uh, if they feel like it doesn't matter to the parent or teen, the kids are going to do, they don't give a shit. They're going to do what they want to do, okay, and maybe they're going to, do this to get their attention, to get the the parent or caregiver's attention by doing these, you know, self-destructive behaviors and wondering what's going on. One way I tell parents all the time to talk to their teen, you know, you get more out of your teen doing, you know, washing dishes, you know, doing something side-by-side yard work together or driving in a car side-by-side. You get so many parents they're clueless you know they talk to their teens and they're like oh i want you why don't you look at me when i'm talking to you you know why can't you look at me and yeah you know and it comes across as very authoritarian control freak attitude that's not how teens work you get more you can learn more from your teens if you tell them you know what i'm here for you yeah there are going to be consequences there has to be consequences for behaviors Absolutely. But you get more and you make your teen feel more safer by being open, being honest with them. And I also tell parents a big thing is tell your teens, you know what, we're not telling you this stuff. We're not trying to help you to get anything out of it. You know, like teenage girls, you know what, we're not a boy trying to tell you whatever you want to hear just to get a piece of ass or get in your pants. That's blunt enough, right? So tell teen, you know, I want what's best for you. And parents, we might not know what that is, but we try our best. So go after your teen. You know, I want to help you. I want to teach you um, to try to be safe, to make good decisions. And I'm here for you, right? You know, do not not constantly bash or criticize your teen. When the self-destructive behaviors start happening, let's face it, Teens know this. They know they're doing this crap. So if you further nag on them and all this stuff, yeah, there's consequences. But that does not mean you have to constantly bash, belittle them, criticize them, right? It's one of that one and done type aspect, right? And if it continues, then you need to get some help, some you know, some professional help. And this is a very... Uh, it's a fine line when to do that. Every teen's different. You know, if they step out of line, you know, whatever happening, drugs is a whole another issue. You know, You drugs, you got to get that nipped in the butt real quick. Especially, like I said, if they're hooked on, you know, the opiates, um, the heroin, sorry, I had a brain fart for a minute. Um, you know, the heroin ass, that's nothing to mess with. You need the get them the help asap when it comes to those type of drugs. You know, everyone talks about weed and all that stuff. And eh, not that it's not important, I'm not going to go there, but when you're talking heroin, opiates, you know, vicodin, oxy, uh some kids are using Adderall, snorting Adderall, the big ecstasy, Molly, Um, All this other stuff. And another aspect, you know, with the drug scene and all this, you know, you check their eyes. You know, are their eyes look, do they look floaty? Do they look, you know, are they constantly red? Are they sort of dilated to, you know, more than usual? So these are all other signs other than, like I mentioned about the weight loss, depression symptoms. Uh, They become more withdrawn, okay? So keep the lines of communication open with your teen. Be open. Be honest with them. like I said... Tell them you're trying to help them. You're not getting anything out of them other than, you know, you want them happy. You want them healthy. And you want them to be responsible. To be a, our, our, you know, responsible adult, okay? So, you know, the impulsive aspects. I think most teens, to a point, uh, I think we all were at one time. We're all impulsive with stupid things. Another aspect, you know, with self-destructive behaviors is... Um, You know, you have teenage girls that might be going around uh, having sex with all these teenage boys or even older boys. And you want them, you know, that's also a self-destructive aspect, right? You want them to be safe. Use condom and all this stuff. Um, You know, respect your body. It's your choice. It's not anybody else's. Maybe something's going on where they don't feel they're getting that much attention or needed attention. And maybe they're afraid to talk to us or maybe... We're too busy with work, everything else, that we're not paying attention as parents. So all of a sudden, they want, you know, attention. And boys, too. They can become, uh, you know, boys and girls can be definitely sexually promiscuous. Um, everyone says, oh, that's normal teenage behavior. Um, yes and no. When they when they start, you know, they're having sex just for the attention, um, attention-seeking. And they're selling themselves out, selling their bodies out for that. That's sort of being disrespectful to themselves, and it tends to be very destructive for their own psyche as well. It's almost like they, for somebody to like them, they have to have sex, right? And we want to teach, our, especially our teenage girls, man, you don't do that. You know what? You don't want to use sex to have somebody like you. You want to, if you're going to have sex, be protective and do it because you want to, not because you feel guilty or you should do it, okay? Because that can lead uh destructive behaviors, um, you know, get into STIs, STDs, you know, teenage pregnancy aspects too. Um, they're a big thing, okay? So... Being able to talk to your teen, looking at the signs, pay attention in the school to your kids, okay, to your teens. Don't look at, oh, my kid won't do this. I'm telling you, a lot of teens, they won't, but there's a lot of them that do. So do not look at those aspects that my teen won't do this. They could be great teens, great kids, Um but once in a while, they step out, okay? And that path can go downhill in a heartbeat. So, you know, if it's self-destructive behavior, you know, cutting, burning, uh, those aspects drug use, I'm a huge advocate to get professional help, ASAP, someone that is very skilled, very um, knowledgeable, and also good working with teens. And they, teens can relate to them. They don't want to go to somebody with another Authority figure, right? Not a principal, not a cop. They want someone that relates to them and gets them, okay? That almost is like a mentor uh, type of professional, okay? Not like a authoritarian control freak, uh, power hungry therapist. Not at all. That won't work, okay? Um, another aspect too. You want you get so many people out there that automatically they want to diagnose. I know for insurance purposes, yeah, we have to. But they want to overdiagnose, or they you want to, okay, kid done this, you know, did this. Oh, we got to hurry up, get them on drugs, on medication, because, you know what, F- drugs, medication, with me, it needs to be a last resort, okay? Most cases, there are those that, okay, no matter what, you look at the history, you know, how long has this been going on? You You look at all these aspects, but in most cases, medication, especially with teens, it's a last resort, okay? um to try to get help if it's that severe look at that. So don't be so apt to s- talk to a therapist. They talk to somebody and they're automatically, oh, we need medication right away. Um that might not be the case. So you um so be careful of that parents, okay. Um you're looking at, you know, other aspects. What other things can you do to keep things, you know, to keep the kids you know, keep the kids going. Okay. Another aspect, you know, what, you know, if you want to say causes or whatever that teens get to this point, there could be, you know, sibling jealousy that maybe the parents, they're not intent or the parent, whatever, you know, whatever the situation is that there's jealousy issues and it couldn't, might not be caused by the caregivers or the parents. It just could be internalized, by the teen, they have a younger sibling that might be great in sports or does awesome in school, and they struggle in school. So it could be a internal competition thing that they don't think it's good enough. So they're going to get maybe not even try. The depression kicks in, low self-esteem. Then, you know, they could get into drugs, drinking, like I mentioned before, um, severe cases, the Cutting, burning, they could get in a, you know, like a, they feel bad, so they want to get that anger out, so they start vandalizing crap, vandalizing school, maybe some other, you know, stuff that you get in the legal system, and these kids on probation and stuff, uh, they they think it's a joke, but I'm telling you, it's not a joke. So you look at, you know, sibling, you know, rivalry, sibling competition, or they're trying to, you know, I mentioned about, you know, a younger one doing better in school, but also maybe they have to walk in their um, older brother, older sister's footsteps. She was, you know, a grade A, all state, whatever, and awesome at grades. Everybody loved, you know, loved her or him. uh, Very popular in the younger kid, younger teen might have a lot to live up to, and they can't do it. They're not accepted for who they are. Maybe the parents are doing something to make that happen. But also, like I said, this can be internalized by the teen. So, you know, you pay attention to these aspects, okay? The old adage, you know, parental divorce. And you've heard me say it on many shows. All my clients know, other professionals that know me know, you never stay together for the sake of the kids in a marriage. So a divorce, you want both parents to handle this together as a team approach, even though you weren't good teammates in the marriage, maybe, but you want to make sure there's no bashing of the other parent during a divorce. You want to make sure that your kid, your teen is heard. You know, what emotions are going through them? You know, even if you They don't talk. Some teens maybe are not as open. They're afraid to speak their mind because, let's face it, they're more worried about mom and dad going through the divorce than themselves, so they don't want to bring it out. Talk. You're the adult. Talk to your teen, okay? Talk to your teen about maybe what they're feeling, if they're scared, if they're mad, if they're pissed off about the divorce, um, any questions they have. Another aspect, not only divorce hits, say mom or dad, gets remarried or if you know a divorce happened maybe the death of a parent um could cause this and all of a sudden you know a year two years three or whatever and all of a sudden mom or dad either divorce or loss of a parent um gets remarried these are all things that can shake and spiral a teen out of control and it's like they can't help themselves So, you know, these are all symptoms. I'm not saying you don't get remarried. You don't, you got a right to be happy parents out there, but pay attention to your kids and talk to them. Try to ease them into those changes. And you try to look at maybe what their feelings are, how they can be, what what you can do as a parent to help them in that transition. Don't just ignore it thinking they're going to be fine. Talk to them, ask them how, you know, this is affecting them. Positive or whatever. Another thing many parents hit on is, um, well, I'll get into this, two extremes. They have, you know, the extreme where they're always chastising the parent. They can't, or the teen, they can't do anything right. You know why? They got a A- minus in school. How come it wasn't an A- plus? Uh, whatever. They're always bashing, always negative with the kids. And they don't give them enough, you know, they don't give them enough positive reinforcement they don't give them enough of the positive that they they do you know for being who they are to be accepted for they are instead of trying to be or live up to somebody your expectations of what you you want your team to be parents okay so hit more on the positive attributes to your and what your team does do well in that's huge okay um You know, maybe medical or physical aspects with teens, hormonal changes. Look at that, um, can spiral it. If they have significant weight gain, um, you know, these are all aspects that can bring on, you know, if you have, you know, they have severe acne or zits, same difference, right? Um, The weight gain, maybe body aspects, body image. You know, a lot of teenage girls hit on body image, huge, but also teenage boys, um, in the bullying the teasing so these aspects you watch and how they you know what type of self- image body image they have for as far as you know the physical changes going through teenage or teenage aspects or you know if they have medical aspects say juvenile diabetes where they might have to be on an insulin pump or take insulin you know how how does that affect their self-esteem and you know be open that's what I mean about being open don't think it's nothing talk to your and they'll find it if you don't criticize them so much. They'll find it safe enough to talk to you. Now that doesn't mean when I talked about a couple minutes ago about other extremes. You have parents out there that let their teen do whatever the hell they want. And this might not be professional, number, but you just want to hit these parents upside the head. You know, these parent these parents are the ones that get called. You know, get called an f in Bitch or a dick all the time. Um, and the parent, oh, he doesn't do I hey, don't call me that, and that's it. And it goes on and on and on. That the parents are too permissive, right? They don't want to punish their kids, they don't want to give them consequences. I'm sorry, but consequences are a part of life, man, and they need to learn that, and you shouldn't be disrespected as a parent, okay? So those are all you know avenues to hit on. Um, to look at and try to talk to your kid and try to get just like I do with couples. It's no different parents out there. You want to get with how your kid is feeling, not that it's right or wrong, that you actually care and you actually want to get your teen. Don't judge that they're feeling. Don't judge, you know, the old adage is, you know, destructive behaviors can happen. Maybe a breakup, um, ...at school and always, you know, adult, oh, you don't know what real love is, you don't know, you know, and they bash the kid for this, for the teen, oh, that's, you know, puppy love, you just had a crush, that's not real love. Uh, I hate to tell you this, teens, or parents, you know what, they feel that it is real love, and maybe you didn't go through it as a teenager, but to them, it's very, very real, so do not, do not criticize or try to belittle their feelings... Oh, you're a teenager. You don't know what this is, what that is. You know what? To them, it's very real. Listen to them. Be there for them, okay? That's crucial. Don't belittle or bash how they feel. Don't belittle that. And even with, you know, relationship and marriage partners, you know what? That's that's number one I go after that you try to get. Don't view it as right or wrong, the feelings. Try to understand where your partner's coming from, what feelings they have. It's huge with your teens, okay? Even with your kids, but primarily with your teens. It's huge, okay? Those are uh, some crucial aspects to hit on um, with your teens. So pay attention. Be open, okay? Do a lot of positive affirmations, okay? I'm going to take another break. I know I haven't taken that. uh, It's only the second break tonight. Uh, and then I'll come back, and I want to give, uh, when it comes uh, to professional help and stuff, and if you have very, you know, teenagers or a teen that is very delinquent, always uh, maybe in trouble with the law, maybe skipping school all the time, uh, just very defiant, very disobedient, and it's not just to you. It might be the other people. I want to offer some suggestions uh, that might help. Maybe work with your teen, and as a parent, let's face it; these are the most difficult, gut-wrenching, heart-aching decisions to make. You know, what do I do? Then you start bashing yourself. Okay, um, we all know. Maybe you know teens aren't maybe growing up in the best households, right? Where there's you know mom or dad's an alcoholic, maybe dad's in prison, and this can cause a lot of things as well. But I don't want to be stereotypical and say, you know, because a teen's in a unhealthy home, they're going to turn out or be a, a punk. That's not always the case, okay? There's some very maybe well, well-to-do well or very, what you want to call, professional-type parents out there that, uh, you know, maybe very nurturing. Great parents, I'll say that. And the kid just turns out, um, for whatever reason, Um does these destructive patterns that can upset and sort of ruin the rest of their life? Okay, so I want to hit on alternatives. What do you do? And try to look out for help out there. Thanks again for listening. I welcome you. Chats wide open. You give me a call at 586 840 8608. This is the Art of Relationships Radio Show. Thanks for listening. Be back in a few. Check out live.com. they have shows every Tuesday, Wednesday evening. From 7 to 10 p.m. You want some hilarious hosts, hilarious guests, plus upcoming new stars of the band future? Check out pprnlive.com. If you're looking for that unique, cool fashion statement, check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. She has uh, hand-painted, hand-designed canvas shoes for you, your loved one. It's an inspirational piece unique to your own taste. Check out Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Again, that's Shoes by Shea on Facebook. Welcome back, everybody. This is uh, Greg Dazinski on the Art of Relationships radio show. Talking about uh, self-destructive teen behaviors and everything, like I said. um, The Art of Relationships, and I talk about this. It's not only, you know, yes, I do focus on... Uh, relationships, you know, couples, sexual issues, and I also deal with teens. That's why I tell people, even on my website, you know, the art of relationships also stands for not only relationships as far as romantic relationships, but it also talks about relationships, um, I refer to relationships you have with yourself, you know, relationship, maybe parents have with their teen or kids and family dynamics as well. So relationships, we all, you know, it's not just romantic. So even though I do focus and that's my specialty along with teens, you have to look at, you know, we have relationship with, you know, romantic relationships we have, but we also forget about the relationship we have with ourselves. and dealing with teens, you want to hit on, you know, what their view of themselves is and a lot of teens are shy um they might not want to talk about it especially if they're feeling if they're feeling like crap about themselves excuse me they um they become withdrawn they become you know they want to be isolated they don't want to engage with maybe other friends or family or you know the other aspect maybe they're hanging out with uh other teens, if you will, that are, uh, let's face it, they're not the healthiest. You know, maybe they've been in and out of uh, juvie a couple times and they, they want to feel accepted. So they're gravitating to that. And you need to, um, you need to do something about that. I'm not about parents, you know, it's very difficult about picking their friends. But when they're, you know, drug-infested teens, uh, very disobedient, very in trouble with the law and stuff, then we gotta put our foot down and understand what's going on. But not only that, why is our teen gravitating to them? Is it the attention they're getting? Maybe we're doing something as a parent to maybe not give them maybe the attention or whatever. Maybe the other aspect. Maybe we're trying to be too controlling. And trying to treat our teenagers like they're five years old again and trying to baby them and all this stuff, and you want to break away from that, remember teenage it's a time of maybe trying to gain and trying to if you want to say rebel or trying to find their own independence and in who they are as a person. Our job as a parent is to guide them with that it's not to try to get them to do what we want to, not you know our expectations of what they do. We have expectations they're going to be respectful, keep their ass out of jail, hopefully you know, away from drugs, everything else. But we want them to be who they, you know, who they want to be and accept them for who they are, maybe their personality and everything, if they're good. Okay, so what do you do? There's, you know, you want to get somebody that's very knowledgeable, working with, you know, working with teens, be it a counselor, psychologist, you know, clinical, social worker, we'll say, you know, mental health professional. Uh, that can relate to teens. That talks to teens. It doesn't come across as another teacher, another authority figure, you want someone that the teen can relate to, they're not going to feel judged, that's huge, right, Um, and severe cases, uh, like I said, severe cases, you want to, you know, if authorities are involved, you know, there might be juvenile programs, there might be aspects that, in Michigan, we have, you know, Eagle Village, in Cadillac, Michigan, northern, uh, lower Michigan, Uh, and there's, know there's michigan youth challenge academy by battle creek it's a military type aspect these are maybe where nothing else fits nothing else is working and to send them you know away to if you want to say to send them away to maybe uh, alternative school where they might need more structure than we can provide where they can you know they don't they don't Maybe it's not working for them in the regular schools that they might need this. And I mentioned, you know, Mount Calm School. You know, it's for coed for boys and girls in Albion, Michigan. Um, and there's a very good one. It's a, a ranch shooting. I forget the name of it right off the bat. Let me see if I can find. It. It's called Turnabout Ranch in Utah. I I know some people unfortunately had to send their teens there. Actually, they weren't clients. They were friends. That, um, and it did wonders, and then they stay out there. imagine sending your teenager away uh for a school year, and you can visit, but not only that, you know you you have to look at be realistic about the expense of these stuff, and that's what's so hard about the teens, and let's face it, the government states, government federal, they want the Parents would be responsible for their teens, but you could be great parents, and the teen still could go through these aspects, and it, it, it's sad, but that's a reality. And you want to look at any type of you know special funding, if there's funding out there for these programs, or maybe they're free. You know, they do get state money, so you want to check into these. Another aspect, you know, self-destructive behavior is you know, if a teen threatens suicide, I, I this is it's sad. I get this. I think most teens maybe have thought about suicide. Not that they seriously would do it, whatever. But if there's, you know, sort of aspects where they keep talking about it or, you know, I want to die, I don't want to be here. And it comes to be a common thing. you got to get them the help right away. There, This is probably the most difficult decision is about, okay, I get that, Greg, you know, they're doing this, they're doing that. Should I take them to the hospital? This is the worst call. Uh, I think any professional, I can't speak for them. Sometimes they do it just to save their own ass. Oh, I did this. I got them out of my hand. And, you know, oh, I did what I'm supposed to, according to law. It might not be the best interest for the teen. Because if you put a teen in the hospital, if they're suicidal, they made—they have a threat and they're that bad, yes, I'm sorry, they have to go to the hospital. But if it's a borderline borderline decision making, I want them to talk to me or talk to, you know, a professional first before making that decision because there's such a stigma for teenagers going into mental hospitals even for suicidal behavior because, you know, they tell a friend and that friend promises to keep a secret. They're in the hospital. Let's face it. And that friend slips and tells somebody else. And awesome. Pretty soon. The whole school knows. And you know the stigma and all that. And teens are cruel. They come out. And they're not looking at how much pain that teen is in they're looking at making fun so the whole stigma and then we're looking at okay do they have to switch schools because of this these are all decisions a lot of professionals don't take into accountability they don't look at they're only looking at i'm sorry about covering their own ass so making that decision if they go into the hospital is got to be very it's got to be almost like that's it that's the last last straw we have to you know if they're You know, making suicidal gestures, ideation is constant, Um, and it's not just talk. We we have to get them that help. We've got to have them safe. But then we have to put safeguards in place where you know they try not to talk to anybody. And make sure you know if somebody finds out. Like I said, a best friend they won't tell anyone. That's great. But sometimes that best friend, as a teen, even adults. Oh my God, we have this information, and we we got to get it out of us, right? We I feel so uncomfortable and cramp. It's cramping my gut if I don't tell somebody, right? And then pretty soon we have this news all over the place and. Other teens know we know about social media. Um, it can be a cruel, cruel situation. So it's got to be with the utmost respect in the decision making when it comes to that. Now like said if they do make a gesture right away, you have to. But if it's a judgment call, please see a professional. Um, see a professional right away. Okay. Um, that's about it. Sorry if I was talking fast. I know there's a lot of information. I probably should do a follow-up show to this. And I think I will. Maybe getting towards the middle of... In a couple weeks. Middle of um, August. Maybe closer to school year. I'm going to revisit this. Because this is crucial. And it's something near and dear to my heart. Uh, I mean all my clients. You know, all my clients and the purpose I do... Do this, do the show. Like I said, it's for you out there, it's for the people. I'm all about helping you the best I can, and I want the best help possible. So, you know, working with teens and when they're down, they're feeling this bad, and also with the self destructive behaviors, the disobedience, that is, I'm going to tell you, it's very difficult to work with. um, And I'll get some more guidelines with that. I will do a follow up maybe in a couple weeks. Maybe I will do it in a couple of weeks as we get closer to the school, start of the school year, um, with the teenagers and maybe other things to look at and help them, help them adjust and everything too. Okay. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate all the followers. It's been, uh, going on what over five weeks now and over 1200 followers. Woo. hoo! I appreciate it. Um, I'm very flattered, very humbled by that. Again, the Art of Relationships radio show. It's for you out there, people. Okay. You can find other information on my Facebook, the Art of Relationships, or under Greg Dezinski. Um also, I'm very happy. You can also listen, like I said, on Spreaker. I'm also on tunein.com, a huge, huge radio, uh radio network. Uh on the internet and also on uh, apps on your phone too. That's TuneIn.com or Spreaker.com uh, slash user slash Greg Duzinski D-U-D-Z-I-N-S-K-I is probably the best way. Spreaker has an app. You can just do a search and find me on here. And as always, uh, I'm open to suggestions, uh, topics. This show's for you, so I want to hear what you wanna, what you want me to cover. Okay, I appreciate. All your uh all your following out there and I appreciate all your support as always and as always uh peace and much love to everybody out there. And I will see you uh Wednesday night, eight o'clock. Thank you so much.
1: Licensed relationship and sex counselor Greg Dazinski's, also known as Master G, the art of relationships will cover crucial elements in rebuilding emotional and physical intimacy in your romantic relationships. He will also welcome live calls from listeners in helping with these very challenges. Heard of the old repetitive and tiresome tit-for-tat arguments? Greg gets to the root of couples' challenges in a quick, matter-of-fact format, plus applies compassion and humor. Join in discovering how to improve your romantic relationship and your own life. Listen, laugh, and climax to a happier you. Greg is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Michigan, <laughs> but to some of us, he is simply known as Master G.
0: art of relationships radio show is copyrighted and protected no use in any form partial or in full is to be used without informed written consent from the art of relationships radio show the art of relationships PLLC, or myself greg Dazinski. thank you